Hi everyone, I'm Ed Garston and this is Tales from the Beat. I hope you all had wonderful holidays from Hanukkah to Kwanzaa to Christmas to New Year's to the 15% off everything you can stuff in a bag sale at the local hardware store. Well, today's topic is the combination of chaos, competition, and crowd surfing, technology, and toys that play themselves called CES. Well, CES was once an acronym for Consumer Electronics Show. That's when the annual exhibition of tech stuff centered largely on actual consumer electronics like smartphones, audio gear, digital cameras, stuff like that. But now the beast has grown from those roots to include a massive mobility showcase for the auto and boating industries, their suppliers and tech companies supporting them. Now, in some cases, automakers and suppliers are skipping actual auto shows to introduce major products and innovations at CES. And why not? Auto shows are fading, and CES is growing. It's cool, and that means that's where the media are hunting for stories and PR people repping the companies with displays are on the hunt for those reporters to land some coverage. It seems fair, but it's become almost a blood sport. While CES begins first week of January, the pitches start pouring in barely days after I've eaten my seventh meal of Thanksgiving leftovers. Now at first, it's a trickle. And then it quickly escalates to the point of being gang-tackled. You can sense the PR person's desperation. The competition for coverage will be fierce, so how do you conjole a reporter to spend some of his or her limited time on the Vegas Convention Center floor to cover your company? Well, first comes the polite email pitch. If it looks promising, the reporter might put it in their CES file for later consideration. Well, within a day or two comes the follow-up, and then another, and then another, and then another. And getting desperate, you receive offers of exclusive interviews with the company's CEO or advanced demonstrations of this or that technology. How about an invite to a, quote, exclusive cocktail party or dinner where you know you're going to see every other reporter who took the bait, but... You know how it is. Reporters never say no to free food, pens, pads, or thumb drives. So it's on. Not actually attending? No problem. How about a virtual interview and demo? Okay. Well, one PR person finding out I was skipping the show this year actually offered to change my mind by offering what would amount to an all-expenses-paid junket to Vegas to get me to fill a seat at an event that evidently wasn't getting enough positive RSVPs from reporters. Hey, I'm a reporter, not a member of Congress. I don't accept that sort of stuff. And was that an actual PR pro or a lobbyist? How crazy does it get? Well, when I didn't respond immediately to an email pitch, I received an inevitable follow-up. So I sent a quick response that I wasn't going to cover the show. Well, a couple of days later, that same person hits me up again with, I thought I'd try you again, after obviously not reading my reply or suffering from acute denial syndrome. So, being the puckish bastard that I am, I replied, and I thought I'd reject you again. You almost start to see the flop sweat on the part of the beleaguered PR person who's under extreme pressure under the competition to land coverage 
any coverage for their client. East Bumfuck Penny Saver? Awesome. Please put my company on the front page next to the ad for the local salon's wax job special. I received a couple of offers for exclusives. Really? You can offer one news organization an exclusive related to a giant trade show that's going to be covered by thousands of journalists? Is that even realistic or better yet sensible? Nah, it's desperate. Now, if you want to offer me an advance on the story, say, ahead of the actual unveiling, then you're making sense. But I sense some PR people are so desperate to cut through the clutter of the hundreds of pitches reporters receive for CES, they substitute hyperbole for logic. I received one today with a little different twist. The pitch was to visit an automotive supplier's booth, but, and I'm quoting, if you are booked up or not going to CES, I'd be happy to set up a call later in the month. Well, that's smart in theory, but... By the end of the month, I'm doubting the story's still news, and honestly, won't any of the reporters who did attend the show and were interested already have filed their stories? So what's the answer? Well, as someone who worked for more than a decade in corporate communications, I feel the pain of PR people pulling out whatever stops they have available to win the media's attention. It's tough stuff. They're just doing their jobs. And if you're pitching reporters who will beyond sight for the show, it's a matter of connecting them with stories that fit their particular beats. Opportunities to interview the highest company executives perhaps are offered individual demonstrations so they don't have to fight crowds when trying to capture images or video. Reporters have a finite amount of time. You can't cover everything, so we have to make tough choices at times. Okay. As a semi-retired, very part-time freelance contributor to Forbes.com, a trip to Vegas would be on my dime. And I'd actually take quite a loss on the deal because I don't sell my stories to anyone else. For full-time freelancers who market their stuff, well, there's definitely money to be made. Now, some astute PR people do offer me the opportunity to conduct advanced virtual interviews and even offer images and video related to the CES product introductions. So I had to make a decision, cover some CES stories related to my beat remotely in advance and have them ready to go when the embargoes lift. Well, that's a definite possibility. But I decided this time around to go the egalitarian route and pass on all CES stories because I didn't want to undercut any of my fellow Forbes writers who plan to cover the show in person. The other reason is to avoid a credibility issue with PR people. You can't say you're not covering the show, then turn stories related to it. So I decided to be consistent. It sucks because I ended up missing out on some very, very cool stories. To save PR people the trouble of needlessly sending follow-ups, and frankly, myself the pain of sifting through scores of pitches, my out-of-office message during the holiday said, I'm not covering CES. Pretty simple sentence. Simple concept, right? Not covering CES. Well, that didn't stop the follow-ups. They get my out-of-office message advising that I'm not covering the show, then they send me a follow-up to the effect of checking back since I haven't heard from you. 
Well, you did. Was I too subtle? Not covering the show. <laughs> oh, it's okay. CES doesn't last that long. And then it's time to hunker down for the next incoming sorties. I got my virtual flak jacket on. The National Automobile Dealers Association Conference is only a few weeks away. <laughs> That's Tales from the Beat for this week. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Ed Garston, back with more tales next week. Take care.